We are speaking with the one and only Junkyard singer David Roach and guitarist Tim Mosher. And as Hello. we say here in Montreal, bonjour, gentlemen. How bonjour. are you? We're good. Thank you for having us on. It's a real pleasure. Well, you know, I love the band. In my CD collection, I have every everything that's been made available and physical. I know the last couple, Rome is Burning and stuff, were digital only. But I bought that first album with with my cash. It wasn't a gift. It wasn't a record company anything. <laughs> it was it was Mitch Cash that bought that, and and I loved it. You know, it it just it it hit at that tail end of of the wave, and it sort of got lost, unfortunately. But it was great fucking great album thanks you know uh hollywood what i'm just looking i, I, I got it in front of me because I, I i can't i can't not have it in front of me but what, what are we looking at here uh blues shot in the dark hollywood i mean it's, come on it's, that's top quality um, we, still play, we still play all that stuff too it's it stood the test of time so we're, but, we're playing you know, most listen, of it as you should <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great stuff but uh let me get started here. Just we we've got a new single coming out, I believe, August sixteenth. If I'm not, or the, the pre-orders. It goes live August sixteenth. You can order on acetate.com. You can order um, the single is the song is Lifer, and the Lifer. B side is one called Last of a Dying Breed. We did a video for Lifer, and the street date for the video and the actual downloads and the CD is September ten. Um, oh. It goes live on acetate, uh, acetate.com. That's the record company, acetate.com. Acetate, yeah. You can pre-order the vinyl. You can pre-order the CD. You can do all the pre-orders you want to do, and you can start to uh, amass it and add it to your collection. As we all know, there's been a crazy vinyl shortage, and we were trying to time it all so it all could come out on one day, but it was getting to the point that we get further and further down the totem pole about at these vinyl plants. Like, let's just do it when we can do it. So... You can order the vinyl, which will be signed, the 7-inch vinyl, and um, it looks really great, by the way. Wow. Um, and we will ship that as soon as it gets in. So everyone has to be a little post-pandemic understanding about all this stuff. But the CDs will be will ship September 10th. Um, the video will go live, and downloads will be available September 10th, all that other stuff, the the streaming and all that. And But you can start pre-ordering at acetate.com on August 16th to get your place in line for the vinyl, and we will... Get it to you as quick as we can. So we were just really sitting around like our hands were tied. And finally, we just said to the label, like, let's just start getting it out and see, you know, what people understand. This, things are weird. It's just the way it is. Well, and it's know? not just a shortage of vinyl. One of the great plants that does all the raw materials burnt to the ground over the yes. last. Yes. We're running. I mean, the, <laughs> the stuff we've been running into, it's, I mean. And well, the pandemic and it's, it's just, a whole new world we all know that so i think people are going to be understanding we had this we had our vision of like having it all come out and be this great but you can buy the vinyl it just won't get to you on the it won't ship on the 10th maybe it will but we can't promise it so but yeah. the cd and the downloads and the video will all be live on the 10th so, let me just ask yeah, you it's pretty exciting for for the facts for the folks that do want to get the vinyl and it will be delayed we know it will be will you at least offer them a a digital download so that they can at least sort of party with the song until yeah, they get their I, I product? Yeah, I think we'll probably set it up so when you buy the vinyl, it comes with a digital download yeah. code. Okay, so that, yes. that that would make sense. Because... We do that with um, any physical. You get a download code with it, I think. I even CDs, I think we do that too, you know, because we, we realize people want to have it on all the... Right you know, away. 
I sort of think sometimes just people buy our vinyl and put it in a frame and stick it on the wall, to be quite honest with you, but that's okay. <laughs> Once you bought it, you can do whatever you want with it. I don't, it doesn't matter to us. So. I, I was actually having a conversation with a guy today who was showing me all his vinyl and it was all wrapped. And I said, well, what do you, he goes, I don't have a record player. I just think it looks cool. <laughs> it's great art. You know, we all know that. So uh, yes, you will get a download code for sure with the vinyl. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I've got a whole bunch. Of, I got stacks and stacks of CDs right here. And I literally put them in my iTunes, and I actually never play them after that. I, I just transfer them, yeah. and I, I use a digital file. But uh, before we, we, we get caught up in all that stuff, the song itself, Lifer, is a fantastic song. And I like the thought of it because here's a band that you really have to be a lifer to be in. You know, it's easy to be in Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones and, and, and be at the, the Four Seasons and but you really got to love what you're doing to do it uh, the way Junkyard does it. And I respect that. I think it's fantastic. I, I love the fact that you keep going and keep making new music. Right, Dave? Yeah. It's, uh, it's all we know. Yeah. And, and you, you do it very well. Um, so, so this single, is it part of a, an album coming out down the road or is it just, here's one song and, and, enjoy it and then we'll do another song later on and enjoy because Roman Rome is burning which I'm just looking at it, it was four songs no wait uh, six songs right yeah, six. yeah something like that yeah sick that was the stuff that was when you bought the vine there was a bonus CD we did with right. high water and it was high a lot water. of that and then a couple other odds and ends and uh, like the b-side from the original single which sort of brings us back to how we're gonna probably do the next record because for high water faded the single came out before it way before it this won't be as long but it was it was always intended that we would go into an album and that's the same it was, it was two hours uh, two, two years before the fate well yeah we <laughs> ran into business problems as they say so we had to find someone to put the rest of the fucking thing out you know so right. which we were lucky enough to do and we were able to really start in earnest to, and it was also you know we hadn't done anything in so long so when we put faded out we didn't really know if anyone was going to notice care like it you know it's a it's a big gap to like all of a sudden say here we are again with a new piece of music now we have a little more i don't know confidence or a sense of where we fit in the grand scheme of things maybe but then it's just like okay let's see how it goes and we were very i don't know Dave, to say but you know we always thought it was a good song but you never know until you start getting them out there so um yeah. this so th that model kind of worked for this and also, uh, well, okay, this... here, do me a favor. Talk to me about the new reality for, for a band like Junkyard and for a lot of these uh, older bands or any, actually, you know, take that back. For any band, it's, it's a different place. Uh, talk to me about you have to put out an advanced single. You have to tease. You have to, you know, you have to test the waters. It's not here is our album. It's, you know, August 9th and off you go and we're going to tour for two years. It's not like that anymore. So, so talk to me about that new reality of marketing and doing the Rome is burning bonus stuff. And you just got to keep it exciting and different and you got to have new ideas all the time. That's kind of new for us because I don't know if David could speak to this too. We came from the school of, because we're old school of like the album statement, like you said, that's it. It's dropped and here's the first yard album and here's the sec follow up and we just keep it going. And the single comes out and this, you know, but now things are done more drips and drabs, you know, a single here that might be or might not be. Um, Rome's Burning was really kind of a pandemic relief, like knowing we weren't going to be able to do anything. 
and there would always been requests from people because it was pretty hard to get those B-sides and stuff mm -hmm. in one central place. And also knowing that we were going to have a hard time making physicals of it, we said, let's just do something to give to hold. Basically, like you said, like that keeps people, us in their minds a bit. And um, yeah. so we're, we're kind of Luddites still. I mean, we're learning <laughs> as we go, you know, and I think we make as many mistakes about how this stuff is. I mean, you know, there's obviously the younger bands could teach us a lot, but also knowing our kind of fan bases, like I said, they like physical stuff too. They always seem to be wanting something physical. And so that kind of makes us, you know, we're an analog band with analog fans, maybe, you know, what I mean? <laughs> by the way, that's a, that's a great title for a song or even an <laughs> album. Um, here, here's a thought, you know, I would add that, 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 go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. Well, good. I was going to give you a new question. So if you want to add, go ahead. I was just going to say it's a different world today, too, as far as promoting and uh, like touring to promote an album, because there's just not that many options out there. There's not many. There's not that much interest in, you know, at least our kind of second tier class of rock and roll at not that many venues. And, um, you know, you can't go out on a six week tour and and be the way we do it and be stuck in Tugum carry on a Tuesday night and have to pay for a motel. And, you know, it's just a different world. That's right. why we do the flyouts on the weekends and hit two or three cities that we can easily reach with a, you know, a soccer mom band. <laughs> Here's what I was going to say, though. John Five, the guitarist, uh, Rob Zombie and stuff, you, you all know John Five. Yeah. Sure. He did uh, on his last couple of releases a single a month. So he had the sort of the single of a month club, you know, on the first of every month. Here's a new single. And then after 10 months. Here's the album. And I said, well, why would you do that? You sort of gave all the music away before the album. And he said, well, here's what you don't understand, Mitch. He said, for 10 months, people were anticipating a new song every month. They were talking about the new song coming out. They were talking about the song when it came out. And they were then they were talking about the next song that's going to come out. So for a year, they talked about my album. And I went, oh, yeah. That's actually pretty smart. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, these young guys are all savvy like that. Like I said, we're like, oh, I know. What what a great I also, but, I also what a great thought like, though, right? I mean, I know, he, but he you got to could do an interview a month. You got to have you got to have 10 great songs to do 10 singles in a row. If you ask me, that's a that's a high. I mean, Beatles never did that. I mean, it's hard to do 10 good songs <laughs> in a row. I mean, you know, we struggled to I mean, making an album is hard like we yeah. we work really hard to make sure every song is great and so we put a high we have a high bar that we set about quality and what we want to be talking about and so uh, maybe too high maybe we're too persnickety i think probably some people would say that but i think in the end it's no if you, you can know. come up with 10 lifers you're you're, you're good to go because it <laughs> is a good that. song just do that just do it's that. Kind of ours. 10 oh. faded and 10 uh, lifers. All right, let me, let me, it's so uh, easy. Just go ahead. What, what are you sitting around? You got time. Come on. Yeah, what are you doing? It's not that, it's <laughs> that not that hard. That. It's not give that hard another... to write a song. You sit David, outside, you stare at the David, birds, you get inspired. Some, give us yeah. another simple man. Just spit, spit one of those out. Come on. Just, uh, I mean, another, yeah. another Hollywood. <laughs> Come on. Do like some of the bands and just re-record all the first song. Still played thirty years after it came out. <laughs> just do that again. You know? <laughs> right, let me ask you this, David. We uh, do have two thirds of the album written, probably. We oh, do. Nice. Yeah, close we to have, we have the most and, of the record done. Yeah. See, so you can and start. I think, you, it's probably, yeah. I think it's probably going to be our best album. Well, that's good to hear. That's you know. Fear. Good. I, I, I'm glad. I'm being uh, I'm being invaded by dogs right now. Sorry about that, folks. They're it's not supposed right. to be here. I have three. 
Um, but let me ask you this, David. Uh, the the first album, you know, you you were not in that glam world. You were not Poison. You were not one of those bands. You were different. You were more punk rock. You were more sort of in your face. Your choice of producer on the first album was Tom Worman. And and I'll be very open. Tom's a friend of mine. I've actually slept at his house. Uh, but he's more of a, a pop producer, sort of a candy-coated producer. He takes your songs and he sweetens them up and makes them very radio-friendly, which is why Motley Crue and everybody that's worked with him, their most successful albums have been Tom. Um, how did that choice come about for you? Was that thrown upon you? Was that... Oh my God! It's the guy that who was did a, cheap trick. It was a Geffen's choice, you know. They wanted to prime us for the best possible, you know, chance to get on radio. I guess, and and Tom was great to work with. I mean, yep. it, we had a lot of fun. It was, it was he's a great guy, and his uh, engineers, Dwayne Barron and uh, Tom, uh, name escapes me, uh, both really great guys and great to work with. My personal opinion, though, I agree. I feel like I sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> and it's a little too can sounding for my taste. Um, well, it's sugary but, sweet. I mean, that's that's what he does. Yeah. I remember at the time, because I was there, I wasn't in the band, but I remember when the guy, he got hired and our first thought was, oh, Cheap Trick and Ted Nugent. He did that those those records that we liked by him. I mean, yes. I guess the Motley Crue record had come out by them, but we didn't really pay too much as much attention to that. It's like, well, he did Heaven Tonight. You know, we loved Heaven Tonight, you know. and As you should. It's he, a great fucking when, album. He did, um, uh, what's the, not the, not Cat Script Fever, the one before that for Nugent that I always liked. Free For All. Didn't he do Free For All? I always liked that. Uh, yeah, I think he did the first three or four for yeah. Nugent. So that was, as I, as I recall, that's what we were kind of like, I mean, Cheap Trick is always kind of the stamp of approval in our little minds. Some, you know, it's like, well, it worked at Cheap Trick, you know. So I remember yeah. when you guys got them, when the band got them, I was like, that's awesome. It'll be great, you know. I mean, the, the 80s did, you know, I made an album in the 80s too. And, you know, production of that era is fraught. <laughs> Let's just say that. So across the board, it wasn't just Worming. It was everywhere, you know what I mean? Right. It's well, a different way of looking at things then. You, you know? look at the it's singles that came from... You look at Blues, Hollywood, and Simple Man, the singles that came from the Tom Worman-produced album, and you, you go, well, 30 years later, I still know them. So, obviously, he did That's something, true. right? And, of course, yeah. I don't want to discredit the band. Obviously, the band wrote great songs and had great material, but, you know, we're still talking yeah. about it 32 no. years later. So, Tom must have done his job. It's better yeah. live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know... Um, <laughs> it's funny you say that because when you talk to me about who's better live than on studio album, I will tell you Cheap Trick, Motley Crue, and Ted Nugent. So, <laughs> That's probably true, right? Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. Hey, That's right, um, since we're talking about the live show, that is really sort of the bread and butter for the band right now. How important is the live show? And to really just, when you step on stage, deliver the goods and not just go through the motions and really deliver a live performance for band for fans that go, fuck, that was great. I need to see them next time they come to town. I think that's been our staple through our career is, is a full bore, 110% performance, all energy and never, never mail it in. I and never I do it for the bread and butter because we don't get any bread and butter. Yeah, it's as David says, love of the game. You know, it's the only way we know how to do it. It's the only way we can get ourselves in the state to deliver the songs. I think they're not really passive songs. 
I don't know if I could sit on a stool and play blues. You know what I'm saying? It's just be weird. You know what I mean? You it's just these, even the ballads are powerful, you know, so it's just, and it's also, you know, we're all a bunch of aging punks. And so we, that's, we come from that, you know, confrontational energetic band thing, all of us. And that's what we like. That's what I like to see out of, that's what I like to see out of bands. You know, I remember we did this. I don't know if you remember this, David, but, uh, we did uh, a bunch of shows, a handful of shows in England with uh, Blackberry Smoke, and it was us. And the, the band, the Quaker City Nighthawks, was first on, and then us. And they're tough, like, you know, youngins, late 20s. Great band, very cool. And they watched our shows and just like, you guys move around so much. And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I wouldn't be able to play. I'm like, well, that's not, people aren't really listening. You know, they want to see the whole thing. And But it was, it's just a different way. And sometimes we get up in places and it's just that some bands just aren't that way, but that's just, I don't know what you do. So, so let me ask it. you this. When you put out high water in 2017 and you're working on the new album, do you sort of say to yourself, okay, we have to be able to play this live. I mean, do you, do you think to yourself, this has to translate live or do you go, ah, fuck it. I'm going to put the pro tools and I'm going to put the keyboards and we're going to do the orchestration in the back and we'll just make it up when we play it live. We don't play everything off every album. Some don't, don't translate as well live. I don't think we thought about that at all. To be okay. When I was making the record, I didn't, I mean, I always assumed we would play stuff from the album live, right. but I never thought we need to be able to play this one live. Therefore, I'm not going to do this or whatever it is musically. I was usually, we, we, we write the songs, we make the album and then we'll try them in rehearsal. And sometimes it's pretty obvious whether we feel like as a band, whether it's going to work live or not. I mean, some stuff on high water. Or acoustic, we, or yeah, some some stuff on high water we have never even performed as a group. Like Pat would play his bit, and someone would play, and we weren't even in the same. So it really varies. But I think we're always just serving the song first of all when you're making a record. Serve the song, whatever's best for the song. That's it. If it ends up being like that, harmony's too hard to pull off live. Well, then that's an issue. You know, I that's mean, we don't idea. do anything taped or anything like that. It's just t way above our technical. Uh, prowess so we wouldn't even try it and but um you know we also sort of know you know junkyard's like a good table you know there's the legs of the table are solid so when you put on the foundation of the band right. you know that what we kind of what it started from what it is now it gives you a good place to start so it's nothing like coming out from left field too much you know we we are what we are and just some songs always work better live than others. It's just yeah. just the nature of it, you know. And, and and what you are is a great dirty rock and roll band. It's fantastic. I love that style. Um, well, that's the goal, and and it's working. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this: You come back with High Water. You've got the new single, Lifer. You're you're making new music, which I appreciate because bands to me that don't make new music, I just I can't I can't I, I can't do it. I need. That's why I, I still love Cheap Trick. That's why I still love Alice Cooper because they're still making new stuff. Um, how important is it for you though to to have something new to play and something some new creativity? Because you could honestly book shows across the states and say Junkyard playing their debut album, charge fifteen, twenty, thirty bucks, whatever, and and sell it out, no issue. But you're not doing that. So how important is it to have that creative? output and have new music and say no 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 yes we do hollywood but we're also going to do this new stuff it keeps it a lot more interesting for us you know i mean the, the fans are always going to want to hear the staple hits of course 
but um you know we haven't departed much from our original vibe so it's not like we're knocking them over the head with some jazz exploration or some you know <laughs> new weird angle on us you know we, we are what we are so we can mix in some new songs and they usually catch on pretty fast yeah. now, there's a lot of bands like you mentioned from our era that continue to tour and haven't put out an album for decades yeah and it drives me crazy i can't i just it drives me nuts i think the most importantly it would probably drive us crazy and um yeah. you know overarchingly this is sort of an art project like it's a chance for us to do something so being in a junkyard cover band is not really interesting to me it's much more interesting when we're trying to i mean we might fail at stuff but you have I'm to sure try. we have but we have to try and i think we've all got into this to make music and so new is always that's what keeps you going is new i mean and we're very we are blessed that we have a fan base first of all we're yes. really blessed of any sort and that we have a fan base that a lot of them have grown with us and accept yep. the the new some don't that's okay we always make sure they get taken care of too but they understand that that's what we're about. We are doing new things. And if it's that's not what you're looking for, there's other bands that you can go and see who are just going to give you what you want. Right. But, you know, we lived in the through the 80s and all that stuff, and it was great, but I don't want to relive it. I just want to build from what we, this right. artistic thing that we all kind of came out of and keep it going and see how far we can take it that is interesting to us. I just don't, I just, the atrophy of, of you know, it just it's not in us we're always kind of at least me i'm a kind of a pusher of like new ideas and let's try something and you know i'd well, rather say the most important thing doing nothing you know you know the most important thing you just said there is that you're not afraid to fail and is every song going to be great is every show who cares you at least have to try and and that i respect you know i'm toward... afraid to fail <laughs> <laughs> But it's going to happen, and it doesn't matter. You know. And you know what the thing about Junkyard too is we 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 you know we always sound like Junkyard no matter what song we're playing. But you know we can have some punk influence or some blues or country influence. But at the end of the day, it always sounds like Junkyard to me. I think so. Yeah, I think we like I was saying like we our bass is so sturdy and strong and and well honed through all these years yeah. that when we pull things in. You know, we're experimenting on the edges to to some in some people's minds, but to us, they're big steps. Like I think Lifer was a big was a pretty big jump for us in terms of people will hear it hopefully soon, and it's hopefully they agree. They may not, but it is a sort of a leap. And I was we were willing we, we took on a different, more anthemic approach, things that we wouldn't necessarily have always done before, but it felt good, and it sounded honest. I mean, I think that's the key. David's lyrics are really honest, and I think as long as we're honest, people relate to it, even if it's. You know, I think that's what always brings people back to us is the honesty in what we're doing, because we don't know how to, you know, we don't write about things that we haven't done because we wouldn't be. Yeah, you're not faking it. And, and I got to say what I liked about Lifer, and this is just for my own person, I liked not knowing what I was going to hear. I liked the fact that there was a, an anticipation of, and I was also like, oh God, is this going to be horrible? And I played it and it was great. And I went, ah, beautiful and and but i like i like i like that sort of fear of oh god new music old band here we go i hear and you then man. it hits I you, hear you and it's just like boom they did it thank you well done <laughs> it's I funny like when when uh Fady came out there was a lot of like whoa 
you know, like <laughs> it's actually good. Right. You know, like and, so and it's not I, meant I, as I, an insult. It's not at all meant as an insult. It's like you hear, oh, Kiss has a new album, and you go, oh God, what's it gonna be? And you hear, yeah. and you go, oh okay. And, right. and I like or that. Not. Or or not. Yeah, but I like that feeling of a, a as a fan of I've got something to anticipate and and hope for and and hey, life is life is a great song. So and, and hopefully people are willing. You know, I was always liked when I'd get whoever it was. Right. Whether it was the you know when I was young, I would buy the new Stones album, wherever or Aerosmith, whatever. If the record first put it on, and I'm a little challenged by it, like hmm, so you, you know, hear emotional this, rescue for the first like, time, and you go like, what is that? What is this about? Or what? Or the Clash did it a lot. They changed all the time, and it right. was, at first you're like, I don't know about this, and then you come, you know. So that's that's where I sort of fall into, like you know, and, and the Clash were obviously more expansive than we would ever even attempt to be, but right. just even like I said at the margins, if we're pushing people. Go, Oh, okay, and that—that that to me is a win. Like, wow, okay, yeah. we've tuned their ears a little bit to broaden our ability to try other things, but <laughs> still staying within a place that we feel, you know, comfortable and is appropriate to what we are. You well, know? Listen, as as a Stones fan, when you first heard Harlem Shuffle or Emotional Rescue, didn't you just go, "Oh, yeah, absolutely!" <laughs> it's like, you know, but now forty years later, you're like, oh, "That's a fucking great song." Well, they had, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the thing you got to, you know, they, they have great songwriters. And I think one of the things that this band relies on is that if it's a good song, we'll make it work, you know, and people will come around to it because it's a good song. And that's what I, back to what I was saying, you know, like at the end of the day, it sounds like a junkyard song. At the end of the day, it sounds like a Rolling Stones song. Yeah. You get used to it and you, oh no, it's the Stones. Right. It's sound, and it's junkyard and we love it uh lifer of course uh september 10th and it's acetate. street date september 10th 10th i'm sorry and acetate. It's acetate. Um, go ahead I'll, I'll let you do the uh, uh because you know it better than i do well and this is brand new news you we're, we're telling you first this is the first we can officially say the street date for lifer is september 10th pre-order is available august 16th on acetate.com for vinyl and cd and the video and the and the um, download and everything and the CDs will ship September 10th and vinyl hopefully as soon as it comes in. But it yeah. is officially coming out. I know our people have been kind of saying, is this actually going to happen? And I'm one of these people. Is this actually going to happen? But it is going to actually happen, it looks like. Good. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, before I put this out on August 16th, can I mention it on my socials? Or do you, do you want me to time it with the release of the episode? Oh, that's fine. I think so. Sure. I can start spreading the news because I'm good to go with that. Okay. I'd love it. My uh, my wonderful Twitter does 8.5 million impressions per month. Oh, shit. Well, then start now. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we still talking? Yeah. Hang exactly. up. <laughs> I, well, since I, I... Listen, I promise you I will do it uh, the, this afternoon. Do you have a, a, a graphic that goes with the, like an album cover or something that I can... Or, or no? I can probably get my hands on something that you can... There's a single cover, yes. I'll, I'll get my I'll get my mitts on a version, I, and I'll email it to you. You can yeah. and as soon as it's it. emailed, I will pump it out and uh, we'll start uh, promoting it. Let's go. Beautiful, beautiful. I love yes. it. As as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you. <laughs> bien aussi. Bien, well, bien, bien, bienvenue. <laughs> bienvenue. Oh, yeah. Thank you, David. David, absolute pleasure also to talk to you. I mean, uh, I loved what you did. So, thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. We appreciate it, man. We've, I've, I listen to your podcast all the time, so it's a, it's cool to be on it. So, well, it, Yeah, and uh, I, I will have this one up uh, next Monday. 
right? Yeah. Great. There you go. We'll Great. be on some plane coming home from somewhere, but yeah. Hey, I'll listen, be it, 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 it spends the time and, and it's also... <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've also got a whole bunch of uh, weird guests. You know, I've got CCR coming up this week. and uh, Really? Yeah, I wow. spoke to Doug, Doug Clifford. Wow, how cool. That's very cool. You know, yeah. I love my CCR boys. Anyway, sure, so there you go. Great. There wow, you go. Doug so you're Clifford. gonna uh, you're gonna be right after. Uh, yeah, you're gonna CCR. be right after Doug Clifford. You're gonna be the episode right after Doug Clifford. Well, as we should be. As you should be. <laughs> hey, both very honest rock and roll. Oh, they were best one, best bands ever, no doubt. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, thanks. Good to talk to you. Good to meet you. You too. Cheers. And thank. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Bye. Take care.